coming to church and hearing something that you wouldn't like, or very slim, I don't think <laughs> that that's really a possibility. Um, you guys, Super Bowl Sunday, right? And I know some of you, you know, I talked to some of you, you're picking the 49ers and cheering for them. Some people are picking the Ravens, and I even talked to one of the youth who will remain nameless who said they're cheering for the Patriots. Um, <laughs> they lost, just to let you know. But uh, I've decided it would be good for me not to take a side. Um, I just don't think it'd be fair to either, you know, so I'm, I'm going to be impartial uh, for the game today. Uh, I have no allegiance whatsoever. I'm not going to do or say anything that would let you know who I'm cheering for. So there we go. Uh, missed you guys last week. It was minus five wind chill in New York. So I really missed you last week. But... Uh, as usual, I hear uh, Pastor Bruce held it down, did a good job. Uh, appreciate you filling in and correcting any mistakes from the previous three weeks. I appreciate that. Um, reality check. Lesson three for me in the book of James. We're only going to do three verses today uh, because these are pretty packed with truth. Today, the title, Mad as H-E double hockey sticks. Now, some of you know me, they know that that title might be a little bit of a compromise. <laughs> but regardless, we understand what the concept is here, right? Anger. Anger is a big problem. And the reason anger is a big problem is because we're surrounded by people and things like this. Right? I've never played this game, but I hear it's quite maddening. How many of y'all played Angry Birds? I saw like three people that are over 60 raising their hand. That's awesome. <laughs> I am so proud of you. Uh, iPhone, Android, that's impressive. That's awesome. So uh, if you have a Blackberry, you're left out in the cold, but that's okay. Um, <clears throat> know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant, and a lot of other versions have translated that word correctly, overflow. Therefore, put away all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness or humility the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And that's the passage we're looking at today. The first thing I want you to understand, the word speak. <clears throat> the word is lalu, and, it, and it, in order, it, it basically means to declare your mind, to speak your mind, to declare and disclose your thoughts and your feelings in a very expressive way. And the scripture says in James, remember what James is, James is kind of a checklist. Look, if you say you have life, then here are some things that should be evident. If you, if, so if you say you have life, but these things aren't evident, you probably don't have life. And today he's talking about anger. Not a fun passage. First, he recognizes the fact, he says, be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. You notice he puts speaking and anger together, and he says, be quick to hear. You know, because you guys understand, our quick words say a lot. Our first reaction to something is usually the most powerful message, is it not? Because it's our natural response, our gut visceral reaction to something that somebody says. 
<coughs> or that somebody does, our first reaction is the snap judgment. And it says a lot about what we think, who we are, and where our heart is. Verse 19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Now, it's impossible, it's impossible to be listening if you're always talking. Now, I know what you're thinking. Joe, how do you ever hear anything? Well, there's an answer to that, but I'm not going to give it to you today. See, if we're, constantly, if we're constantly in a declarative mode of what angers us, how can we hear what it is we need to hear? And by the way, what is it we're supposed to be quick to hear anyway? When he says be quick to hear, what exactly is he telling us? Quick to hear somebody else's anger? We'll be clearing that up a little bit later in the passage. But quick words say a lot, and sometimes our words block us from hearing what it is that we need to be quick to hear. The next part I want to bring to you is verse 20. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. This is the linchpin of the whole passage here. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Do what I say or else. Let me give you an example. I have launched myself on a campaign this year. I just, I don't know if... Maybe it's just me, but it seems like this year the trail is worse than ever during the season. Is it just me or is it, it's bad. I mean, it's taken me a lot longer to get out of my neighborhood than it has in the past. I find myself being quick to speak a lot more often <laughs> this season. And so I've launched myself on a campaign. I'm going to use my anger to change the behavior of all snowbirds. And it's working. You know, the other day I was driving and this individual cut me off and I was angry. And I made sure they knew I was angry through various sundry means. I saw them again the next day. They did not cut me off, though it worked. <laughs> and then the other day I was driving and, and you know, I was, I was coming up to the red light and a person just gypped right in front of me that's not fair right i mean there's three lanes i picked the one that didn't have any cars right it's my that's my light they got in front of me so i was able to roll down my window and i made sure they understood how angry i was and i explained to them here's why you don't do that i had the light and i explained to them the etiquette <laughs> of the light waiting line procedure the next day, they were at the same light. They did not cut me off. My anger worked. I'm joking, of course. None of it worked. <laughs> What's the goal of our anger, guys? When we get angry at someone, what's our goal? Is it not to transform their behavior? See, what we're trying to do when we get angry with somebody, we're trying to say, listen, I don't like what you did. I am superior to you in this area, and this is how you really should do it. You will change, or you will risk my wrath. So when we get angry, basically what we're saying is, you better stop doing what you're doing, or you have to answer to me, the judge in this area. 
because I am superior to you. That's exactly what anger is, is it not? We are trying to change someone else's behavior. We're trying to make them more like us. I would never do that. You better not do that. You follow the application I'm giving you here? That's the goal of our anger. Hey, stop it. But the result of our anger is often more anger, not transformation. The very goal that we're trying to accomplish, oftentimes the opposite is accomplished with our anger. The person that we're angry at gets angry because we're angry at them. Who are you to judge me? You're, no, I'm going to say you don't judge me. I'm the judge in this area. You don't judge me for this. You think you're superior. Let me tell you about all the stuff you've done wrong. And all of a sudden, we have this big, vicious cycle of quick to anger, right? So I'm angry. I'm telling you to stop. And you get angry for me telling you to stop. Who are you to tell me to stop? And so the goal of our anger is to transform somebody else. But the scripture says here what? The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Is your goal for people around you to see them become more like what you want them to be? Or is your goal to see the people around you become more like what God wants them to be? Big difference, isn't it? And doesn't it change how you react? Same verse in verse 21. Or the next verse in verse 21, it says, Therefore lay aside, put away all filthiness and rampant overflow of wickedness. You see, guys, what's inside is always there. Let me give you an example. Do that in the micro microphone. That sounds good, right? I've got to tell you a story of my life from this week. It's Sunday. I just flew in from New York. My wife and I got off the plane. I'm exhausted from carrying my 17 winter coats <laughs> that I don't need anymore, right, because it's Sarasota. I'm tired. It's been a long week. We've had a great time, but I'm exhausted. I've got a long week ahead. And so I come home. I go to Publix. I'm exhausted, but I've got to have the stuff that I need to eat, you know, and so I get, I love pita chips. And so I'm sitting there and I buy this bag of pita chips. You know, I like them. I put them in the cupboard and I'm looking forward to eating them the next day. I get up the next day. I open the cupboard. Guess what's missing? The whole bag of chips in eight hours is gone. Now there's only three people that could have eaten my chips. My wife, our poodle, and my son. I've already had a rough day on Monday, right? A lot of things have happened. You know, I'm frustrated about a lot of things. And the chips are gone. And I see my son and I just lay into him. I'm trying to change his behavior. Do never, ever eat my... And I got angry and he got angry back. And it was a mess, right? And then later on he says, fine, I'm going to go get you some chips. So he goes to the store. He says, what flavor do you want? And then the Spirit of God kind of came over my heart. I said, son, don't worry about it. I had a bad day, and I took it out on you. I apologize. See what I did there? 
I blamed the bad day. See, what's inside is always there, even if it doesn't show up. But the heat causes filthiness to overflow. I mean, it's a bag of chips. I should not be mad about that. I was mad. But really what was going on was this. The heat of the day turned up the filthiness that's in me, and it overflowed. It's kind of like milk. Let's say you have a pot of milk on the stove, right? You have a cup of milk in the microwave. And you mean to push one minute, but you push ten. <laughs> Anybody ever done that before? Just me, right? Yeah, none of you guys ever. And so basically what happens is the heat is turned up and what's inside the cup comes out. No, 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 that's not, you know that's not me, man. That's not me. I just had a bad day. No, no. The heat brings it up. See, the first step for us to understand is we have to have humility to admit there's milk in our pot. It's not the bad day or the frustrating thing or the failure of someone else that caused you to have that filthiness and overflow of wickedness. It's the fact that the filthiness and overflow of wickedness had a resi residual place in your heart and the heat just revealed what it was. You have to have humility to admit that there's milk in your pot. It's not a bad day or someone else's deficiency. See, what the first passage we talked about, he said, count it joy when you go through different, different trials and testing because the testing of your faith proves what's inside. Remember, we, said, we talked about that. Then he says, and when you go through those things, you know, the sun comes up and it burns things, but if you ask for wisdom from the Father of lights, whom there is no shadow from turning, no variation, he gives you abundantly and liberally all the wisdom that you need. And then he follows that right up with saying, don't be so fast to anger. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, before the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And so therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, because when the heat is turned up, it reveals. Another example why we should be glad when trials come into our life, because it reveals what's really in your pot. There is no debate that when somebody makes you angry, what's inside comes out. But then you can have the cure to this. <clears throat> Verse 21, it says, Therefore put away all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word of God, which is able to save your souls. The solution to an anger problem is the word of God, which the sower plants, get this now, the sower, the farmer, who is God, the Spirit of God, right? The Holy Spirit. He takes the Word of God. He implants it in the midst of the filth, in the midst of the pot of milk. You notice how the passage begins with a command to hear and ends with the reason for hearing? It's salvation. Receive with meekness 
the implanted word of God, which is able to save your souls. You notice the word implanted is a passive word, is it not? The scripture doesn't say, plant the word of God in your heart. What the scripture says there is that what God does is he takes the word, he implants it in the filth, in the wickedness, and that's what transforms you. And one of the ways you can tell if God has implanted the truth of his word in your heart is whether or not you have a lot of bad days. See, if your life is, if people know you as, oh, he's just an angry person, I submit to you, you may not have life. Because God's truth is good, is it not? And the scripture says, receive with humility and meekness, humility. I got milk in my pot. Meekness, when the heat's turned up, what's inside comes out, that's my problem. Receive with meekness and humility the word of God which is implanted into your heart, which can save, according to scripture, save your souls. So this whole passage is about salvation. The word receive, the Greek word is dekomai, to receive favorably, to give ear to, to embrace, to make one's own, to approve, to not reject, but to hug. Receive, to hug. Hug the truth, the implanted word of truth, which is able to save your soul. You see the difference here between anger and salvation? And so when somebody does something to make you angry, it's a really good test to determine whether or not God has implanted truth into your life. Because if your life demonstrates constant response to people in anger to try to change their behavior, to change who they are, to give them your righteousness, all you have is what's inside of you overflowing. And then he says, you don't produce righteousness but God's word does. And so if you find yourself in a situation where you're always the one who's trying to dispense righteousness to others, you follow what I'm saying? I'm not talking about where you declare the truth of God's word. I'm talking about when you're angry and you react. If that is a pattern in your life, you may not have the implanted word of God. That's what James is saying. Lay aside the filthiness, lay aside the overflow of wickedness, and with brokenness, with meekness and humility, admit you got milk in the pot. Why are the two phrases, slow to speak and slow to wrath, joined together at the beginning? Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, but slow to speak, slow to wrath. Because they take humility. The first thought that I want to have when somebody does something to me, my first reaction, often my flesh wants to be, I'm going to give them my peace of my mind. But in humility, when I step back, that's a sign that there's God's word implanted in my heart. What is necessary to receive the implanted word? Same thing, humility. Last week it was a sun sandwich, was it not? Or two weeks ago I talked about how it started with the sun and ended with the sun. This is a humility sandwich. Starts with brokenness, ends with brokenness. What is necessary to hear the implanted word of God? Brokenness. So a question for you. How many bad days do you have? 
No, it's just a bad day. That's, you, know, you know that's not who I am. That's not me. But this is what happened today. This person did that. That happened at work, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it is who you are. It is who you are. It is who we are. When the heat is turned up, what's inside boils over, and that reveals your heart. That's why James says in chapter 1, be joyful when you go through difficulty. Because it reveals whether or not the word of God has been implanted into your heart. How many bad days do you have? If you have the implanted word of God in your heart, you can no longer use a bad day as an excuse to explain your constant overflow of filth and wickedness. Can't do it. Give it up. Recognize from this day forward, you cannot use a bad day as an excuse for your filthy overflow of wickedness. It's just the heat turning up, letting what's inside come out. Last thing I'll share with you. If God's word is implanted, what comes out when the heat's turned up? Aha. You see that? How awesome would it be that in the middle of heat, what overflows is God's word? Wouldn't that be killer? Wouldn't you love as a child of God to get to that place in your life? 